Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune, joined per usual by Robert Gagliardi. Robert, how are you doing? Doing well, aren't I? Uh, doing well, Ryan. How are you? Easy for me to say. I'm doing quite well. Uh, it's Border War Week. Uh, you and I will be signing Border War books before Saturday's game at the University of Wyoming Bookstore from 10 a.m. to noon. So would like to invite all podcast listeners to, to drop by and, and say hello, whether you need a book or not. If you need a book, certainly they'll have books and we can sign them, but uh, should be a fun weekend. Yeah, looking forward to this opportunity to you know, get to see you, Ryan. I haven't seen you in a long time, even though we, you know, we talk a lot since you've been back. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, a lot of Wyoming fans, even Colorado State fans, you know, drop by, say hi, you know, grab a book. If you've already got one that's signed, we can both sign it now that we're back in the, we're in the same state now. So, and if anything, just jump by and say hi and talk a little football with us. There's a lot of cool things about the border war, Robert, but one of them is when your season is going south, which is the case for Wyoming and also Colorado State this year, this is still a big game. So it gets, you know, both sides fired up. I know, uh, you know, just li- listening to Steve Adazio's press conference this week, listening to Craig Bowl, talking to a lot of the Wyoming players, perfect elixir for what ails these two teams who are both coming in on losing streaks to get, at least have something to get fired up for. Yeah. You know, I know it's been uh we all know how tough it's been for the Cowboys. You know, they've lost four in a row. The offense did do some better things against San Jose State, but still, nonetheless, they came up short. And, you know, Colorado State's lost a couple of tough ones uh, here recently. But, you know, it's not like both teams are, are you know, two and eight going into this game. They still have chances to, to have nice seasons, you know. But I think, as you said, I think it needs to start Saturday, you know, for whoever. Um I can see the loser of this game on Saturday, not necessarily not winning another game, but certainly continue a spiral as the season, you know, we get into the last full month of the regular season. But, you know, the winner, uh, you know, still has a chance to set. Like at a bowl game, they're not going to win the division, but they have a chance to just right the ship and and still maybe finish on a positive note. So it's it's a very big game, I think, for both of them and just see how, you know, it'll be just really interesting how these teams come out. I mean, you know, obviously it's a rivalry game. Usually there's a lot of, you're fired up, but how will these teams come out? Will they come out fired up? Will one be more fired up than the other? Um, Will this, you know, one team jump ahead and kind of cruise? It's kind of hard to get a gauge, you know, not just of how maybe it ends up, but how these teams are going to show up and how they're going to start this game out on Saturday. Yeah, I think, well, let's look back at Wyoming's game from San Jose State. Like you mentioned, the offense finally scored a touchdown. They scored three touchdowns, as a matter of fact. Levi Williams' second start. You know, Isaiah Nayor had two touchdown catches. Uh, Xavier Valade, you know, 172 yards rushing. Craig Bowles said it was easily the best game the offensive line has played. So that's all positive, but this offense still isn't productive enough to have turnovers. And they had two Levi Williams had a couple of really bad picks. Uh, The defense held both those turnovers to three points uh, field goals, but that's the difference in the game. Six points, 27, 21 loss. So it's close, but Levi needs to play a clean game. And obviously the defense 
didn't get a, a turnover and that's got to change as well. It's, it's the same story. It's a broken record. They're, they're hanging in these games, but they're just making too many mistakes and not causing mistakes. Yeah. You know, it's uh you know, it's like, I think a lot of Wyoming fans, if, if, if anything, just breathed the sigh of relief that they finally scored a touchdown. But, but I think you kind of saw the, the, the recipe for success for this team is, you know, run the football effectively, set up the play action, you know, those big plays with Neor and, you know, you know, be nice to maybe pop a couple more of those type plays, but, um, and then, you know, play solid defense. And even though you're right, Ryan, I mean, in, again, I don't want to harp too much on the defense because I, I think you would agree during this four game losing streak, they've played fairly well and really well enough to win probably most of those games, but you know, you got to win the turnover battle and that's not just not turning it over on offense, but that's forcing the turnovers on defense. And again, I don't want to put this squarely on the defense because it's not, I think we all know that, but they're closer. And I mean, close doesn't count obviously. And, and, and Wyoming's not in it for moral victories and neither are the fans, but there was progress made. And, you know, at this point you'll maybe take anything you can get, but hopefully cut down on penalties, cut down on, on those mistakes and, and maybe force a few more and, they're there I, to me, and I don't know what you think, Ryan. They're closer to getting in the win column than they were these last, the, the, even in the previous three games where the defense, you know, still played fairly well, but the offense was non-existent. They're closer. Let's see if they can take a, the next step on Saturday. Yeah, unfortunately for the defense, they share in this latest loss the blame. Um, you know, the offense would have a score, and then the defense would give up a, a long drive for a score. They gave up. Uh, San Jose State's last touchdown was on a third and 18. And it was like a deep pass down downfield. There was a lot of missed tackles. Uh, you know, Gandhi was out with a stinger. He's probably, you know, shores up a lot of those problems if he could have went. You know, he's a great tackler, you know, probably the second best tackler or right up there with Muma in, in terms of form tackling and and making those plays. So, unfortunately, you know, just when the offense gets going, the defense – lets up at inopportune times. Nick Nash had, you know, a touchdown pass over a hundred yards rushing, just didn't really deal with him very well. A lot of missed tackles, not a great team game for Wyoming getting closer, but you know, San Jose state is not exactly uh, the 2020 Spartans either. So really right. disappointing. I mean, I agree with you. The loser of this border war, I think, is not going to a bowl game for sure. And the winner has a lot of work to do to get to a bowl game. I, I think this is pretty much a bowl elimination game. A bowl elimination game. And, and maybe, I mean, look, you, you look at Wyoming's schedule after this, right? They got to go to Boise. They got to go to Utah State. And then they finish at home against Hawaii. And, you know, if they don't get this one, you know, I'm not saying, you know, Wyoming's certainly capable of winning the rest of these games, no matter what happens Saturday, but they're certainly more, obviously from what we've seen the last month or so, they're more capable of losing him. And boy, you lose the, you would lose to your rival at home. And then you have to go on the road in one of them's on a short week. And then who knows what happens in the last game. And I, I could certainly see a scenario where if Wyoming doesn't win this one, they don't win the rest of the year, but you, but you never know. And, you know, you got to wonder where Colorado State is because, you know, they lost that heartbreaker at Utah State where, you know, if they just do the fundamentals right and go kick a field goal, they win that game. And then the Boise game was close. And, you know, that's got to be kind of a gut punch there. But but you look at their roster, Ryan. I mean, they got maybe the best tight end in the country in the McBride kid. 
They've got one of the best defensive lines in the in the conference. You know, there's pieces there, and and the quarterback that the Temple transfer has been playing a lot better lately. I mean, he's not a, he's not saying he's the best quarterback in the league, but he's playing better as of late. It's 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 kind of it's kind of head scratching at times to see CSU where they're at right now because this really on paper, Ryan, this is a pretty good football team. And they've just not, they've just, you know, they've, they've looked, they've looked pretty good at times, but other times it's almost like they're playing not to lose, you know, playing not to lose or something. I don't know. I, I'm still a little, little baffled by the struggles the Rams have had this season. Yeah. I don't think uh, either one of these coaching staffs deserves a, a raise. Let's put it that way after this season. I mean, there's NFL players in this game, like, Trey McBride is, you know, perhaps a first round pick. He's the best tight end in football. Uh, they have a defensive lineman named Scott Patchen, who is, you know, maybe the best defensive lineman in the Mountain West. Certainly one of the more efficient players in the Mountain West. He has, I think, seven sacks and ten and a half tackles for loss. And, and their front seven is pretty stout. It's really stout, actually. Uh, you know, their quarterback might be the most improved player in the Mountain West, Todd Santeo. He's completing over 60% of his passes. Uh, you know, he has eight touchdowns, one interception. He's a dual threat guy like Nash. He can run. So that's, that could be a problem for Wyoming. And then you look at Wyoming. I mean, they're the ones that pumped up this offensive line as the strength of the team. And they've got a million starts together and, and their backups have starts. And that's going to be the strength of the team. They haven't played well uh, this year. You know, Keegan Kreider, you know, I don't know, is he still an all-Mountain West center? I don't know. I, like we talked about that last week. But he's a great player in the history of Wyoming offensive linemen. Uh, they have a big offensive line. You know, Xavier Valaday is a two-time all-Mountain West running back. Uh, Chad Muma is an NFL uh, maybe photocopy of Logan Wilson. I mm-hmm. mentioned Asias Gandhi. I think he's an NFL player. So – there is talent in this game. Uh, Isaiah Nayor is flashing as, you know, a really good wide receiver at Wyoming. Uh, Traden Welch, you know, where's he been? He's a, he's a big guy that has a lot of upside. So, you know, maybe we're too close to it, but I see both these board war teams as having really good players and they should have better records. Yeah. You know, and you got to wonder with, you know, with the Cowboys, Ryan, you know, you switch offensive coordinators and look, it's not like they've reinvented the wheel and they're running the spread or anything like that. A lot of the concepts are the same, but I don't know if a lot of the things are, are really that. I mean, the, the the premise of the offense is the same, but I'm just wondering if the schemes and the techniques are a little bit different and maybe why we see in the offensive line, maybe not play up to its potential, so to speak. Um you know, it's still a, it's still a new guy. You know, you're still, you know, look, I'm not making excuses for him. Even if things are a little newer or there's new schemes or new techniques, you get to this point of the season. If you don't have it figured out, there's something's wrong. So I'm certainly not making excuses for him, but you wonder if there's a factor there. And, and I think, a, you know, a, really what will be interesting for me in this game is, you know, you mentioned CSU's front. Look, they're going to try to stop Wyoming's run. Everyone's going to try to stop Wyoming's run. And probably more often than not, CSU is probably going to be able to do that. So Levi Williams is going to have to throw the football for Wyoming to have success on offense in this game, if anything, to set up the run a little bit better. But with Aiden Eberhart now out, and granted, he's not the big play threat that Isaiah Nayor is or anything, but he was kind of the safety blanket among the wide receivers 
for whether it was Sean Chambers or Levi Williams. And now with him being lost for the season with a knee injury, which just a really crushing blow for him and even this team, you know, obviously Nayor is the big play threat, but who else steps up? I mean, do you, are we going to see those tight ends a little bit more, as you mentioned, the CSU who seem to be kind of missing in action these last couple of weeks? Do we see, you know, Cobb's a wide receiver? Do we see Alex Brown more? You know, is there someone else in this mix that we're not, we don't even know of that much and we're going to see? Someone's going to have to step up for this team and not just the production that Aiden Eberhardt gave them, but also the leadership who, who I guess next man up is that cliche goes kind of a, kind of a bad cliche, but who is the next man that's going to kind of step up for this team? Cause someone's going to need to, or maybe a group is going to have to, cause you know, Aiden Eberhardt's numbers maybe weren't the flashiest, but he meant an awful lot to this football team, whether he was on the field or not. Yeah. Just, I mean, the coaches could be uh, trying to trick us here, but just listening to bowl and Adazio, it seems like both, are going to run, even if the other team knows it's coming, even if it's not going well, they're going to stick with it. I mean, I know that Bull is going to do that because, and then maybe Levi will be a part of that. Maybe he'll run the ball more. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think Bull was really pleased with the way the running game went last week. And you could tell that San Jose's defensive front, which was a pretty good defensive front, was getting worn down. They were getting tired. Wyoming's offensive line was winning that battle, pushing them off the ball, uh, creating lanes for Xavion to run. And Wyoming just fell short in terms of time on the clock. When they got the ball back uh, with a chance to win it, there wasn't enough time to stick with that and run. At that point, they had to pass, which was obviously a disaster with the two sacks to start that drive. But if, if they had, say, four minutes to go, uh, they would have run the ball and, and tried to win in a four-minute offense by one point, and that may have happened the way things were going. So I think they're going to stick with that. They're going to use, you know, take a couple shots to Nayor. I, I don't really think they have a lot of other options or a lot of confidence in anyone else. And we know Colorado State, you know, their quarterback is going to be running a lot, and they're going to take shots to McBride. And unlike last week, according to Adazio, when they kind of abandoned the run in the second half against Boise State, they're going to stick with it. So, you know, CSU might have the best punter in the country in Stonehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wyoming's Ralph uh, Fawaz is doing a great job this year. I don't, it could be one of these uh, games where it's just run, run, run or incompletion punt and just back and forth until you're, you win the, win the, line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I remember covering a game in 1997, Dana Demmel's first year that was 14-7 and Wyoming lost when I think their fullback fumbled. Mm-hmm. could be one of those deals. It could be, you know, very well. I, I, I'd be really surprised if this is a shootout type game. I, I kind of, I agree with you, Ryan. I don't know if it'll be 14-7. to seven. It, it could be, it might even be, you know, 10 to three or something like that. I mean, it's, it, you know, and I think this is definitely going to be a field position type game, you know, especially for Wyoming, you know, I don't know, you know, it did, it did go on drives last week against San Jose state, but I don't know if they can consistently drive the ball down the field against CSU or against anybody really for that matter. But I'm not sure if they can consistently do that, but we'll see. It's the second week that Levi's been, the, you know, is the name, the starter getting more reps, maybe gets more comfortable, you know, I, I kind of like you, Ryan. I mean, and even with Sean Chambers, you know, look, you know, the quarterback run 
can be a very big thing for Wyoming, you know, design quarterback runs. And look, yeah, you don't want to get guys hurt, but you're also out to win a game. And if your quarterback's one of your strengths of your quarterback is running the ball or that's an option, look, with an offense right now, the way things are going, you got to throw out all those options, you know. And again, I'm not trying to say, you, you, you know, well, look, anytime you step out on, on the football field, you're putting yourself at harm's way, right? So if that's, if you know, if they're looking at film and they're crunching and that's an effective way to move the football, Wyoming's got to utilize it. They can't say, well, we don't want to do it because we don't want to get anyone hurt. Or even if Sean Chambers gets back in the game and stuff, that's got to be a part of their offense. They can't be holding things back or, you know, and I'm not saying they are, but they've got to use every trick in the book. And when I say that, not necessarily trick plays, but they got to use every wrinkle they can to generate offense. They can't be, you know, holding stuff back for this or that. They've, you know, they got to throw it all out there. Don't, don't you think? Absolutely. And let's give a, a quick shout out to Aiden Everhart. I know it's quite a unique career for Aiden, you know, um, this is his sixth year at Wyoming. He's a mm-hmm. super senior. So that means he probably started out when you were covering the team, you retire from newspapers. He's, Three years later, I come back. He's still here. Uh, kind of a, a neat guy to talk to. I know his heart's broken, not just from his season ending, but he's from Loveland. He loves this rivalry. He was not recruited by Colorado State. He walked on at Wyoming. Um, one of the cool things about his career is he was chosen by Josh Allen to catch passes during Josh's pro day. Um, that had to be as much pressure as any game Aiden's played in in terms of just, you know, all the scouts, all the TV networks, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, kind of dates him a little bit that he was mm-hmm. there for Josh's pro day as a young guy, but uh, really a, a, a great border war figure that's not going to be able to, to end it on the field. I, I wonder if he's going to be given the, the pregame speech and trying to rally these guys. Well, it wouldn't be a bad idea if that's the case. And, you know, I remember when he was a walk-on and you know, Ryan, you've covered whether you're at Oregon or you hear Wyoming, you see walk-ons come in and you maybe they catch your eye. But I just remember, you know, when I was covering the team, you know, almost maybe not every day, but a lot of days Craig Bull was saying, yeah, you know, Nate Neverhart's making plays at wide receiver and stuff. And it's like, what, what? And he just, you know, again, you look at his stats and nothing was ever really just super spectacular, but he was very steady. But I think what just what you don't see is 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 what you know what the numbers don't reveal of just how much. I mean, Ron, you saw. I mean, when it, when he put it on Twitter and on social media that that it was officially over, you know, his season was over. I mean, the outpouring from from teammates and from coaches and from everybody, you know, was just it, it didn't surprise me by any means because that's just kind of the guy Aiden Everhart was. I mean, I don't. Everyone loved this guy, you know, and. Those are the type of players you need on a football team. You know, if Wyoming had 110 Aiden Everhart's on the team, as far as just those intangible things, not just what you can do on the football field, as far as catching the ball and running and all that, but just those other intangibles, then, you know, I think any coach in the country would want as many Aiden Everhart's on, on their roster. And again, it is heartbreaking and his border war story is unique. You know, you're right from Loveland wasn't recruited, came here as a walk-on, but his sister was a basketball player at CSU, you know, and can you imagine some of the family dinners there talking about that? Granted, he wasn't playing against going up necessarily right against his sister, but they probably knew a lot of the same people and hung out with a lot of the same friends. So of all, of, of all the many, many 
unique stories and ties to this border war rivalry, Ryan, that's just yet another one, you know, brother and sister going to the rival schools and, and this and that. And it's just, you know, really breaks my heart that Aiden won't be able to be out there on the field, but you know, he'll be there. You know, he's at practice, you know, he's supporting his teammates and you're right. I don't know who's given the pregame speech or who's given a, a pep talk during this week, but if Aiden Everhart isn't one of them, then that's just a shame. Yeah. And his last play uh, at Wyoming, he, tears his knee up, ACL, all that. I think he tore another ligament as well. In the final minute, he doesn't lay there. He gets up and runs off the field knowing it's a bad injury because they would have to take a runoff of the clock there. So pretty courageous last play, and that's why his teammates love him. Um, so let's, uh, let's take a look at these picks, Robert. Um, you went uh, three and two. I went two and three last week. So you have... Uh, a nice one game lead over me, but you're still nine and 11 overall. I'm eight and 12 uh, against the spread in Mountain West picks. So uh, we need to finish with a flurry here. Let's start with uh, the game for the Commanders and Chief Trophy. Army getting two and a half points against Air Force at Jerry World. I know Air Force is the designated home team, but you're right, neutral field. You know, Army started out well, and then they've kind of faltered, but they're, you know, they're still Army. This may be the quickest college football game ever, but I, I really like Air Force this year, Ryan. You know, you saw them against the Cowboys. I've, I've seen them on TV a few times. I just think this is Air Force's year to get that trophy back, so I'm taking Air Force. They're going to cover. I don't. I think you'll, you know, maybe not by a lot, but I, I got to go with Air Force on this one. I do, too. I mean, uh, Army's pretty good this year, but, you know, Wake Forest is obviously really good, but they gave up, I think, 70 points to Wake a couple weeks ago. Uh, so obviously defensively, they're not too stout. And, and I like Air Force's quarterback. Uh, I'm sure he'll pass the ball given those numbers. And the Wake quarterback shredded Army. So uh, I like Air Force to win by at least three points for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess uh, Troy Calhoun's not going to be coach of the year probably because what Utah State's doing, Fresno, San Diego State, but uh, another great season for the Falcons, it looks like. Uh, San Jose State getting 10 at Nevada. Yeah. You know what? I don't. This one really makes me nervous. You know, I guess I can't – well, there are no ties, so I can't – can I go for a push? I, I don't know, but – Look, you saw San Jose last week, and you're right. This isn't the 2020 San Jose State Spartans, but they're still pretty solid, you know, and, and I know Nevada is, is good, um, but 10 points is a lot, Ryan, and even though they're going on the road, you know, I think San Jose finds a way to hang into this game. I don't think they win it, but I think they find a way to hang in there, so you give me the 10 points. I think Nevada probably wins maybe a little closer, but give me 10 points in San Jose State. I will take uh, Nevada to cover that. They uh, they beat me last week by blowing the doors off UNLV, but Carson Strong is just putting up some amazing numbers right now. And, uh, you know, right now you have uh, both Fresno State and San Diego State in the college football playoff rankings. I think Nevada will be in there before the end of the year. I think they're going to keep winning and rolling. So I'll take Nevada to uh, to handle San Jose State. Uh, UNLV getting only one and a half because they're playing New Mexico in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, 
has really struggled other than beating Wyoming lately. So uh, New Mexico had a bye week after that Wyoming game. I keep picking Arroyo to get his first win. I'm not going to do that anymore. I think Rocky Long will take care of Arroyo and New Mexico wins by two or more points. I'll take the Lobos to I think I got a the two right. Yeah, UNLV got me last week. I know they're still having quarterback issues, although I guess the projected stars are starting to get better. I, but I don't know. I think with given a week off, you know, and look, New Mexico is building this from scratch, but I really do like Danny Gonzalez. And obviously we've, we've talked about Rocky Long. I think they'll come up with a plan to to contain them and, you know, and, and to start building. Um, I think New Mexico is going to be a, I don't know, a force. They're, they're going to get better. And I think they're going to, take another small step this weekend. So I'm going to take New Mexico to cover that as well. I, I don't know if it'll be a real high scoring game, but I'm going to take the Lobos. Okay. This might be the best game on the board. Uh, maybe other than the border war, as far as competitiveness, um, Boise state getting five at Fresno state. I think, uh, you know, Fresno state now is in control of the West with their win at San Diego state, but it's, and they have a sellout crowd for this game. I think they're first in like seven years or something. So I think they're going to win for Boise State. Are they going to cover? I'm going to say I'm going to say Boise State gives them a game and loses a close one. It's kind of where I'm leaning. That's you know what five points you mentioned. You know, kind of when you think Boise's kind of you know out and kind of down and out, they come back. I mean, that was a good road win for them at CSU last week. Um, this isn't, you know, the vaunted Boise State teams of, of the past, but it's still pretty solid. So I'm, you're going to give me five points for in Boise State, and they played in a lot of big type games. You know, I'm going to I'm with you, Ryan. I'm taking those points. I maybe Fresno beats them in a close one. Wouldn't surprise me if Boise wins outright. I don't know if I want to go that far, but I'm going to. You give me five points with with Broncos. I'm going to take that. Yeah, I think uh, you know I've I've talked about Andy Avalos. He's a really good defensive mind and. You know, he'll be watching that Wyoming film to see how, how they held uh, uh, Hainer under 100 yards for sure. So we both have Boise there. Obviously, um, if they do hang in there, you know, that makes that Wyoming game pretty tough if they're playing well on the blue, you know, heading back home looking for a blue turf win next Friday. But we'll get that to that next week. Um, Utah State, the current Mountain Division leader, is playing a non-conference game at New Mexico State. It seems like everybody in this league, besides Wyoming, has played New Mexico State this year. Maybe Wyoming should have had them on there, but uh, they're getting, or no, they're giving, the Aggies are giving, or the Utah State Aggies are giving 18 and a half against the New Mexico State Aggies in Las Cruces. I don't, they, Utah State should cover that, and they actually should probably cover it pretty easy but man, that's a lot of points to be giving a road team. And I know Utah State's, you know, maybe the surprise team in the Mountain West this year, Ryan. But that to give a team 18 and a half on the road, I think Utah State wins. I but I think maybe if anything, New Mexico State scores some garbage points late to cover that. So you give me the home team in the 18 and a half points. Again, I'll be floored if Utah State Utah State loses this game, but that's a lot of points to give to a road team. I'm just you give me the home team in the points. To, to cover that. I'll just take Utah state. What the heck? Uh, <laughs> I need, I need to catch up or give you some separation there. So um, didn't New Mexico get Wyoming's hopes up a few years ago when 
Wyoming had a week zero game down there and just hammered them. And the score wasn't, as, yeah, the score wasn't as indicative as what the the kind of the beatdown was. But yeah, but you know, but you know, New Mexico State, you know, they're I don't know if they're joining what Conference USA or the are they part of the Sun Belt now? I I don't know what's going on, but maybe they ought to get them on the schedule. What the heck? Get them on there, you know. <sighs> All right, the uh, the nightcap is going to be San Diego State at Hawaii. San Diego State is giving seven points on the island. I'm going to take Hawaii. Yeah. I think the Aztecs, I think if the Aztecs win, it'll be ugly, and I think they have a hangover from uh, not being undefeated any longer, losing at home to Fresno State. Yeah, I could certainly see that, but if anything, I think they're going to be also pretty mad about it too, you know, and um, so I'm going to, this goes against, but maybe I need to take some, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take San Diego State to cover that. I think they're going to bounce back. It may may not be that pretty, but I think they're going to come back and, and play fairly well, or at least well enough to cover that. So I'll take the Aztecs to cover. All right, the 113th Border War, 112th if you are going by CSU's record book. Uh, the Colorado State Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorites or over Wyoming in Laramie. You know, after, after Colorado State lost to South Dakota State and Vanderbilt, I think a lot of Wyoming fans were laughing and thinking, okay, the boot's coming back. That's going to be a romp. Uh, eight weeks later, the Rams are favored over the Wyoming Cowboys. Who are you going with? Oh, Ryan, I don't know. I mean, I know where my heart's leaning toward, but anyone who bets, you know, you can't bet with your heart here. Um, as I said earlier, Ryan, we did see progress from this Wyoming offense, and that's encouraging, and hopefully they continue to take a step forward there. But and you mentioned it, you know, the defense – played pretty well even during this losing streak, but it really kind of struggled against San Jose, at least at key times. Look, my heart's with Wyoming, but just based on what we've seen, you know, that that CSU front concerns me. Uh, Trey McBride scares me to death um, if you're a Wyoming fan. I got to go with Colorado State here. I mean, my heart says Wyoming, and I'm, you know, as a Wyoming alum and a Wyoming fan, I'm certainly cheering for him, but I don't know. I, I think the Rams find a way to win, and I think the Rams cover that. I'm going to go with CSU in this one. And yeah, it pains I, me. Don't get me wrong. That pains me. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to take Colorado State. I mean, just based on what's been going on lately. I know they've blown some games recently, but uh, they hammered San Jose State. They hammered New Mexico. These are teams that Wyoming has just lost to. I know you you know, comparative scores aren't everything, but they're playing better football than Wyoming. They're just not getting the results either. So uh, both teams are angry. Um, you know, Wyoming's offensive line has a couple of Wyoming boys on there. Um, their new offensive line coach, Derek Frazier's dad, played on the 66 Sun Bowl team for Wyoming. Um, you know, maybe they have the the vigor to get this thing done and push CSU around and, and have one of those memorable wins. And certainly it's, it's not like CSU is uh, on fire right now, but uh, just based on the way each team is headed, uh, I think after this game, both teams will be four and five overall. 
and the Rams will have the boot and the, and the pokes are looking at two road games that um, where things could really get away from this team. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. You know, you mentioned Derek Frazier dad played on the, the Sun Bowl team for Wyoming. Derek also coached at CSU at one time. So another intriguing tie. So uh, I don't know that the shot of it's ought to be a special one. They're always all Ryan, but I got to ask, you know, we're talking about the border war. You know, we wrote this book together. We've covered a lot of these games, or at least more recent games. If you had, a, if you had, a, if you had to pick just one border war moment that sticks out to you, good, bad, or indifferent, what, what would it be? I think professionally, my favorite one was obviously 1996. Uh, just the stakes were high. You know, Sonny Lubick was a great coach. Joe Tiller was a great coach. There was great players all over the field. And it was a great game. It lived up to all of the billing back and forth. Colorado State goes ahead. And then, you know, obviously the drive is, is famous in Wyoming lore. I think that's probably, probably my favorite one, um, professionally speaking. Um, you know, when I was a kid coming down here, um, especially when I was, you know, in high school in the eighties, those Paul Roach teams, it, it wasn't really that big of a rivalry because Wyoming won so easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, BYU was the rival when I was coming up. Um, so I think, I think it's grown. I know in, you know, before we were born, obviously the, the bounce pass game was something special. <laughs> it kind of typifies what a great rivalry is. Wyoming had won. Uh, 10 in a row going into that and they were ranked you know probably in the top 10 or around there end up losing on a weird play and just weird circumstances still win the Sun Bowl over Florida State finished 10 and 1 but just the fact that their only loss in that great year was to a bad Colorado State thing I love that kind of stuff and then obviously from the book perspective, the one I had the most fun kind of researching and talking to some of the players in it was, and I mostly talked to the CSU guys that were involved in this was the 78 brawl before the game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you don't see that stuff anymore. You know, there's too many cameras and too much social media and, and all that. But I, I, I love that one too. I love the fact that uh, uh, CSU's coach <laughs> tried that maneuver to bring the Rams down through the stands and intimidate Wyoming and Ken Fantetti and them were having none of it. That I wasn't there. I was a little kid at that point, but um, from a, the book perspective, that's my favorite professionally 96 covering. That was fun. Uh, I was at the, the fog bowl one in 98 with Dana Dimmel that they went mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. That was, that was fun. Um, and it, you know, like the end of my college days, I was at the 94 one just as a, as in the stands, having fun watching it. And that's obviously the one where uh, Sonny Lubick and those guys came back from a big deficit and won. Uh, I was at the bar afterwards where the, the Rams fan brought the goalposts in. So, uh, you know, those are some of my uh, memories of this thing. Well, the 94 game I was helping cover and that's when they stormed the field. Yeah. And I thought I was actually going to die because there was about 10,000 people coming at me all at once. And all you in, in the old Hughes Stadium, you could only go through that one tunnel to get out of the get out. And I wasn't sure I was going to make it. And one cheerleader, I was a CSU cheerleader, actually fell and she almost got trampled to death. 
And then one of the security guards had a heart attack and they had to fly a helicopter into the, not into the area there to, to get him out of there. So I certainly remember that one. Um, you mentioned, you know, that brawl, you know, I was a little kid too, Ryan, but doing the research for that. And, and like you said, talking to both sides of that was, was just absolutely fascinating. But even some of the older ones were there, you know, like the lefty Cole quarterback in the fifties where they would go down and they would, they stole the, they stole the cam, the Ram and, uh, you know, put him in the back of their trunk and thought they killed the poor thing, you know, and then, you know, gave him back. Cause they said, you know, CSU said that, you know, we're doing some really key tests, just whatever you do, don't hurt the sheep. And they, they certainly didn't, but lefty and his buddy said they were so hammered that they hardly even remember doing it, you know, stuff like that, you know, and, you know, you hear, we, I'm sure you did too. We heard a lot of stories of games in Fort Collins, you know, at the old college avenues at the old college stadium there, where, you know, there were fights and there were brawls and, and among the fans, not necessarily just among the players. And, uh, but I, I'll, you know, the last border war that Josh Allen played in Laramie when they, you know, came back in the snow and one that started kind of overcast and then it rained. And then all of a sudden the huge snowflakes and the final drive where, you know, Allen threw to Drew Von Mon and, you know, and the fullback made a one-handed catch and suffered stingers in both shoulders, but caught the ball. And then Wyoming ran it every single play after that to, to score the winning touchdown. I mean, that's, that one, you mentioned the 96 one. I wasn't at that one. I was in the office putting the paper together that night. But that one with Josh Allen, and I just remember him taking that knee, and, you know, that's going to be a hard one to forget, not just in how Wyoming came back and won that game, but also just with the snow and the elements and everything like that and CSU going for it late. And, you know, I remember – they forced a fumble on Allen and they were, they were reviewing it. And then you could see the CSU players start dancing and celebrating. And that just absolutely fired up Wyoming and they found a way to win it. So that one probably sticks out to me more than at least, at least right up there in the, near the top of all the other memories that you mentioned and, and a few others. Yeah. And uh, all of those are in the book. So uh, a shout out to uh, Marnie Becker of the UW bookstore for helping us set this up and uh should be a good event. And, you know, one of the cool things about this and, uh, you know, we both, both pick CSU, but this could make Wyoming season. If, you know, at the end of this game, I don't think there's going to be a field storming because neither team is <laughs> in that kind of a season right now, but if Wyoming wins and they, those players, especially a lot of those super seniors and, and stuff, get a run over there and get that boot back, that refurbished boot and take that beautiful thing to their, locker room that would be a big deal for Wyoming this year and uh if they don't do it and they drop their fifth in a row and CSU's dancing that's an even bigger gut punch and that's what makes this makes this rivalry special couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and now maybe Ryan maybe we're kind of doing a reverse trend because we've kind of joked on this the last since we've done this podcast the Cowboys haven't won okay that's right now we we're both not picking Wyoming this week so maybe a little reverse psychology here, try to get this trend going in the other direction, maybe, huh? Something's got to give for Wyoming, man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been a long, it's, they haven't won in six weeks on Saturday, you know, Saturday would be six weeks since that UConn, UConn game. I think, for so. a lot of, I think for a lot of Wyoming fans, it feels more like six months. Yeah, so. it really does. So this would definitely give them a boost and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh Thanks, everybody. If you're still listening, you're, you're an amazing listener, and uh, we appreciate you. Take care.